A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ahí está Navas, Navas jugando ya para Ocampos, Ocampos que va a poner el centro, la pone Ocampos en el Siri. Sueños, cómo ha cambiado la historia. Gol, 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 gol. De Maguire en propia puerta. Hello and welcome to La Liga Lowdown, our latest podcast delving into Spanish football and all the action across the continent. And it's been a very busy week this week and another busy weekend coming up. I'm Sam Leverage and I'm joined today by Roman de Arquer. How are you doing, Roman? I'm doing good. Um, uh, enjoying, of course, seeing that Barca are doing really well in La Liga. Still keeping up uh, with that great gap they have with Real Madrid. But I guess I'd be lying if I said I was happy about uh, Madrid's win against Chelsea. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I guess that has to be our starting point. A fairly routine win for Real Madrid. But at the same time, I kind of came away, I don't know about you, Roman, but I came away with the feeling that Real Madrid were good. They got the result they needed, but they weren't great. I mean, they didn't kill this game off quite as much as they could have. I mean, there was a lot of domination at times and we've seen Real Madrid really destroy teams and that didn't quite happen. Yeah, I guess uh, because at the same time, maybe they, they didn't need it. I guess sometimes Real Madrid do need that extra bit of pressure to actually bring out um, their best version. Maybe against Liverpool, something similar happened. Well, similar not in this case that they scored. They conceded two goals early on. And then, of course, uh, they came back with a thrashing uh, comeback that gave them a win. So, of course, maybe sometimes Madrid works in mysterious ways, we could say. You know, uh, this season overall, they have had some really good games, some good moments. Then ha they have had some really poor moments, right? lots of ups and downs. So, they've been pretty hard to predict. But what we can say is that in the Champions League, usually they do well. And for them, a 2-0 uh, is definitely a good result against uh, a Chelsea that uh, is really struggling in the domestic competition, 11th. At the moment in the standings, recently changed manager again with Frank Lampard, which is probably a massive surprise for uh, most of us. So we'll see how that works in the long term. In the long term, but of course, at the moment, uh, you honestly don't feel like Chelsea is um, a good enough rival for Real Madrid. You know, Real Madrid for me, knowing how 
how they kind of tend to play so well in the Champions League. They they really did what they had to score a couple of goals, as you said. Maybe they should have got a few more, but uh, I think this will probably be enough. And I don't really expect too many surprises in the away game at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, I mean, when there was that early counter-attack with Jao Felix when he was racing through and coming off the back of that Villarreal defeat at the weekend, you know, that was one of kind of those moments where it could have changed the game entirely. It would have been interesting if that had gone in, how the game would have been different. But in the end, it was quite a routine. I mean, I don't think Cho Real Madrid really ever had to get out of first gear and then came away with a 2-0 lead. So they should be pretty confident. I think it was the first time they've beaten Chelsea at the Bernabeu. And I think they've played each other eight times now. And this is, what, the third season they've met each other in Europe at at this stage of the competition or later. So kind of a real battle between them. I think this is definitely the weakest that we've seen Chelsea out of those three battles over the two legs. And and as you say, I mean, with Frank Lampard, it, it just Chelsea looked a bit a little bit like a team that were a little bit all over the place, whereas Real Madrid looked like a team that had Carlo Ancelotti and has got his feet under the table. He's got the team playing how he wants. And, and yeah, so I mean... Do you think, then, Roman, it's fair to say that Real Madrid can have one eye on the semi-final already and one eye on, on perhaps Manchester City after they beat Bayern 3-0 in that first leg? Yeah, I'd say pretty much. I mean, of course, they don't have to be too overconfident because you never know. I mean, the Champions League is, is always unpredictable and, and it could be, uh, well, it should be a tough game for them at Stamford Bridge. But uh, in the end, I as we said, I really don't see Chelsea... Um, putting in an incredible performance. I mean, they could put them in some tight situations along the 19 minutes, but overall, I think a 2 is a comfortable result. I, I see Madrid getting at least one goal over there. So, I mean, if they score that third, I mean, that would be practically game over, I think. Yeah, and then in terms of kind of the, the men who stood out, one of those was Marco Asensio, who scored trademark Marco Asensio goal, goal that I feel you can copy and paste uh, four or five times a season it seems to score a few of those I mean his contract is running out this summer but I think the closer we get to it running out the more likely it seems that he'll stay I mean is this exactly why Real Madrid might be willing to to find an agreement with him to for this kind of goal that he can bring off the bench in a game like this where he can just score one of those goals from distance and, and it really help make life a little bit easier for them even if he isn't a starter and Rodrigo is better on the right but Asensio is that threat off the bench Oh, definitely. I mean, Asensio is, is a player that uh, tons of clubs would love to have at their disposal. Uh, and I think for, for a team like Real Madrid, uh, it comes really in handy, you know, to to try and maybe break the, the deadlock in certain matches or try and help in, in, that, in certain circumstances. Uh, I saw that in the last uh, seven games, he scored uh, three goals. Of course, he's only started in, in two of those. As you said, he's usually coming on from the bench and, and trying to change games and even scored in that uh, first Copa del Rey game against Barcelona. But of course, he got uh, ruled out for offside. But it proves that Asensio, you know, uh, with just a very few bunch of minutes, he can already generate a lot of danger. So, I mean, why not have a player like that on the bench if you can and if, of course he wants to say it. it all depends on whether he he probably does one more minute he probably wants to be a starter of course it's it's difficult but if he accepts this role where he'll occasionally be a starter for Ancelotti but mostly um, a player that can try and change a game then he, why not stay there were rumors that maybe he'd go to Barcelona which for me sounds very very unlikely I don't honestly see that happening uh, even less when he celebrated that goal that got ruled off by touch touching his badge in the Camp Nou. I mean, that kind of 
uh, takes away any chances of him coming uh, around here anytime soon. So uh, we'll see what he decides personally, because uh, I, I'm sure that Madrid want to keep him, keep him if they can. It just depends more, I think, on on what he wants uh, to, regarding his future as a, as a player. Yeah, and the other the other two guys who I was keeping a close eye on watching the game was was Kepa and Thibaut Courtois, which I felt like was the sliding doors moment back when Zinedine Zidane said, no, I don't want to sign Kepa. And that deal with Athletic Love fell through at that time. Kepa went to Chelsea, Courtois came to Real Madrid. I mean, what would the history have been like over the last few years if maybe that had been the other way around and Kepa had come to Real Madrid? Courtois stayed at Chelsea. I mean, do you think that Real Madrid would still be the team they have been over the last few years if they'd kept Kepa? I mean, he didn't have a bad game at all, I thought, on on Tuesday night, but he's not quite Courtois. No, definitely not. I mean, of course, we're never going to know because uh, certain circumstances, uh, you know, uh, change things completely. I mean, maybe Kepa in the atmosphere of Real Madrid would have also become a phenomenal goalkeeper. Who knows? But probably unlikely and seeing how things went with Courtois, I'm sure they're extremely happy they didn't uh, go against Zidane's uh, choice in this case. And I mean, Courtois is already proven to be now at the moment probably the best goalkeeper there is out there. And, and I mean, he's going to write his name in history and he's going to be considered one of the best goalkeepers I think there ever has been, honestly. I mean, he's, he's doing so phenomenally well at Real Madrid. And it's not just um, how secure he is, but how many points I think he's given to Real Madrid, how many games he's, he's helped them, you know, uh, make it through to the finish line with uh, three points or, or with a win. You know, I mean, Courtois is just essential. He makes massive saves. Uh, for example, the other day also in the Copa del Rey in the 4-0 in the first half, if Courtois hadn't received some of those game, of those opportunities, who knows what the result would have been, you know? So, I mean, uh, good thing that they kept him because Courtois is, is, is a top-class uh, goalkeeper. Yeah, and I mean, Real Madrid, not the only Spanish team in action this midweek. I mean, not many left now, but Sevilla were also in action against Manchester United. Obviously, a very dramatic game. Manchester United scoring two own goals in the same match for the first time since 1979. And that was effectively what allowed Sevilla to maintain their unbeaten run against Manchester United alongside Atletico Madrid. They're both the, the teams with the longest unbeaten runs against the Red Devils. And a 2-2 result is a good one. But a lot of Sevilla fans were were surprised, shocked, disappointed by some of the changes from Jose Luis Mendelibar. Among those were the two central defenders, Tangay Nianzu and um, Marcel, who we haven't seen much of for quite a few months, actually. And there was some surprising changes and, and selections in Mendelibar's team. But, I mean, I guess, did that pay off in the end, Roman? Honestly, with Sevilla in the Europa League, you can expect anything. It's true that Manchester United... Uh, have been really good in this season in this competition and uh, that they already eliminated other, two other Spanish sides with Barca and Betis and seeing how Sevilla really struggling in La Liga well uh, obviously they're not uh, the favorites in this tie or they weren't the favorites in this tie before it started but again um, despite all the changes uh, Mendilibar made um, you could tell that he was kind of thinking more about La Liga, but it paid off. Uh, it did seem like uh, United had the job done with that 2-0 at halftime. Uh, in 20 minutes, they got uh, Savitzer to score a couple of goals, which seemed like they could do the job. But in the end, out of nowhere, you know, the last few minutes, Sevilla pushed and they got their their prize. And now they're going to come back home to the Sanchez-Pituan 
with uh, a draw, a 2-2 result, which I think is really good. And I mean, now I wouldn't be surprised if uh, something magical happens there. And I'll be curious to see whether Mendy Libar follows this idea of prioritizing La Liga or if seeing that it's so close, that final is so close that he might actually uh, go for a stronger starting lineup. So it'll be definitely a game we can't miss. Yeah, one of the the most unfortunate men of the night perhaps was David De Gea, and he was. I mean, made some superb saves when Manchester United were leading. In the end, two own goals, two very unfortunate goals to concede. But I mean, he hasn't been included in the Spain squad for quite some time now. But with performances like that, do you think Luis de la Fuente might just be tempted to bring him back into the frame? Well, with De Gea, it always feels like there's two versions of him. The one in the Spanish national team and the other in, in with Manchester United where he's uh, been a fantastic goalkeeper. Of course, he's had his downs, his, his poor moments, but overall, I think uh, United can say they've uh, had a very strong goalkeeper and he's still uh, quite decisive for them against Sevilla. He made some crucial saves, which, I mean, could have turned the game around completely. It's true that the two goals, he did concede two goals, sorry, but uh, to be fair, they were both a deflection so I mean he couldn't do much especially in that second one where Maguire uh, completely changed the trajectory of, of uh, in a series header and of course De Gea couldn't do much more but for me he definitely should be in the talks I don't think Spain has incredible goalkeepers we do have good ones decent ones but for me uh, there are a few that are like at the level of De Gea so uh, I think that if he's in good form De La Fuente should definitely uh, keep De Gea in mind Come on then, Roman, I'm going to put you on the spot. 2-2 two, two after the first leg, with those two late goals kind of saving the day for Sevilla. Obviously a huge La Liga game against Valencia at the weekend. And then the second leg, is there a chance that Sevilla could go through? I mean, we're talking about a team in a relegation battle and potentially looking to reach a European semi-final as well. I mean, do you think there's a chance? Well, with that 2-0 result at halftime, I honestly thought uh, it was game over and now uh, how things have changed, you know. Um, so, of course, I think they still have a great chance of, of, of making it through to the final. We'll have to see, of course, how they fare in, in La Liga. Next game against uh, Valencia it will be very important because if they get the three points, I think they'll be capable of, of feeling more reassured that they're uh, a step closer to staying in, in, in the Spanish top tier and then maybe they can uh, think about uh, playing against Manchester United with with a stronger lineup. But we'll have to see how that one pans out because if they lose, for example, of course, uh, the situation will change a lot and they might uh, not be too convinced about uh, putting too much effort into the Europa League. But it is one more game. It is at the Sanchez Pizjuan. We've seen many magical moments for Sevilla in that stadium so there's definitely uh, a good chance and as we know uh, Europa League is, is Sevilla's competition like the Champions is Real Madrid's competition so uh, they definitely have a shot at it So you heard it here first Real Madrid to win the Champions League Sevilla to win the Europa League courtesy of Roman Darquer Stay tuned and we will be back after a very short break to take a look at what's coming up in La Liga in match day 29 over this weekend
Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to part two of La Liga Lowdown. And now we're going to turn to La Liga. We're going to turn our attentions to match day 29 of the competition. Only nine games left for those teams who are fighting for the title. Perhaps not too many of them. Teams chasing European football and then the relegation battle as well, which is very much alive. And we'll start off on Friday night with Raya Vallecano against Osasuna, which is a tasty one. But the headline fixture is definitely on Saturday where we have a Basque derby with a lot to play for for both of these teams in the, the race for Europe. I mean, Real Sociedad currently in fourth, but not been in great form of late. Athletic Club sitting in seventh, and they've got plenty of pressure on from behind them as well, with Osasuna and Rayo just a few points behind. Celta Vigo in great form, catching up as well. I mean, Roman, what's your prediction for this one? Well, it's it's hard to say because, I mean, in, in recent uh, matches between these two, I think the, the outcomes have been... Slightly unpredictable, I'd say. Um, but uh, now at the moment, I honestly don't see a game where we're going to get tons of goals. They can prove me wrong perfectly, but uh, that's my feeling. You know, in the end, as you said, they both have quite a lot to lose at the moment. Real Sociedad are really feeling the pressure from Villarreal at the moment. Uh, right beneath them, four points away, fighting for that Champions League spot. Whereas Athletic Club, as you said, have Osasuna and Rayo Vallecano really close by. And they're going to probably want to try and fight for that sixth spot, seeing that Betis uh, have been uh, dropping some important points lately and not looking as good without, of course, Canales and Fekir. So in that sense, um, I don't think both any of the, of the two teams sorry, are going to want to give away uh, too many opportunities. They're going to try and do what they usually do because we know that Real Sociedad is a, is a team that tends to have the ball, tends to like to, to have more control and, and generate from there, whereas Athletic are going to try and uh, do a lot of damage on the counter. So, uh, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if this game ends ends maybe in a draw or something like that because, as I said, both teams have a lot to fight for. I don't, won't want to concede too much at the back. But uh, who knows? Uh, the, it's a derby, a uh, Basque derby, so anything can happen. We can see maybe some surprises. 
and for those people who, who aren't based in Spain, I haven't had the the privilege of going to a Basque derby or watching one before in the past. I mean, what is the atmosphere like at these derbies? I mean, for me, watching them, I've always felt like the atmosphere is very different to kind of a, a Clásico or a Seville derby. I mean, this is a very kind of brotherly rivalry and, and derby almost. Yeah, in the end, there's there's definitely a lot of respect from the two fan bases. Uh, it's not like other derbies, for example, here in Catalonia, where you have Barça and Espanyol, and and both fan bases absolutely detest each other, and and you know are gonna the same uh, in Madrid. <laughs> yeah, exactly, same in Madrid. They're gonna chant the worst chant they can think of against uh, rival players and and, and fans and etc. So, uh, in this case, there's a lot more respect, but at the same time, they don't lose any of that passion or intensity. You know, it's it's uh, it's a derby definitely. Uh, worth going. I mean, it's two historic clubs, and it's definitely quite special, as you said, and, and a bit different from from the other derbies we're used to. Yeah, I won't lie. I was looking at bus routes from Madrid up to Bilbao to see if I could make it for this, <laughs> one. but it didn't work out in the end. But what one day I'll get there for sure. Um, and then the other fixtures across the week. I mean, there are a couple of interesting ones. One that stood out to me, Roman, is is Hitafi against Barcelona. Perhaps doesn't sound that exciting. <laughs> But Hetafe are only three points above the relegation zone and they are weirdly, on a good day, they can be difficult to beat. They lost 2-0 to Real Sociedad last weekend, but before that they were unbeaten in four. And I feel like they could kind of make life difficult for Barcelona in this one. I, I have to agree. Uh, I mean, Barcelona, I think they maybe lo lost a bit of motivation, I guess, uh, seeing that, of course, there's... No Copa del Rey, Europe was is long gone and uh, now in La Liga they have such a big gap that I guess uh, you don't feel that pressure you usually do when you're at the top fighting to win this competition. So maybe they, they're not playing at their 100%. Also, of course, Barca are still missing some uh, crucial players for them such as Frankie de Jong, Pedri, Dembele and Christiansen, which for me are, are four key players here. But still, I mean, of course, it's Getafe. Barca still have a good enough squad, but you know, uh, it could be a tricky one, as you said. Getafe somehow have been doing well. I remember that uh, a month or two ago, Kike Sanchez Flores was constantly on the tightrope, whether he was going to leave, whether he wasn't. And somehow, he's kind of managed to, to pull through these tough times and manage some acceptable results. But of course, they're still in that relegation battle and they still have to give it 100% to, to avoid any scares because they're just three points away from the drop at the moment. So um, as you said, I think it could be a tricky one. I don't see a comfortable win here for for Barcelona, but uh, hopefully they'll give a bit of a better image than they did against uh, Girona, uh, because it felt like at the Camp Nou uh, they should have done a bit more. And seeing that it's going to be an away game, it kind of feels like it's going to be tough to to improve that too much. But we'll have to see if, if Xavi can find the key to, to as I said, uh, motivate their players a bit more for what's left of the La Liga season. Yeah, and I mean, Barcelona haven't scored in 215 minutes of football coming into this game. And against that, Dafi team will defend deep. And in numbers, I feel like that's going to be a, a tricky a tricky afternoon for them. And then last but not least, just to, to wrap it up, is one of the, the other eye-catching games for me this weekend. One that not that long ago would have been one of the highlights of a European battle of two teams that were pushing Real Madrid and Barcelona to be the third biggest team in Spain. Valencia and Sevilla. And that now looks like a relegation battle. I mean, Paco won't like to hear it, but Valencia are in the relegation zone, two points behind Real Valladolid. And of course, this is the Sunday nine o'clock game. So Real Valladolid play on Saturday against Villarreal. I mean, they could go and get uh, increase that distance. There are some other teams 
Almeria, Hetafe. I mean, they've both got difficult games, but that distance could really begin to open up between Valencia and, and the sides above them if they can't win this one. Sevilla, obviously, against Manchester United, made some changes to the team, perhaps with one eye on this game. I mean, is this is this potentially a decisive fixture for Sevilla to climb away and for Valencia to stay alive in this fight? I mean, it's definitely an important game for both sides. I mean, now we've reached the stage uh, where you really need those three points uh, when you're down at the bottom, you know, because the gap can begin to, to open a bit. We're seeing that some teams seem to be climbing away as Sevilla, for example, as you said, uh, whereas Valencia, they, they just look very, very bad, you know. I mean, I thought that they would be capable with, with the new managerial change they made with, with, the, with the legend, like uh, Pipo Baraja, but it doesn't seem to find the way to, to get this team rolling. I guess it must be, well, I guess not. It's a fact that it's, it's, it must be terribly difficult to to make things work at, at a club like Valencia, seeing how things uh, are going, you know, not just uh, in terms of the football, but uh, in terms of the club, uh, the owner, etc. So for me, for this game, I, I definitely think that Sevilla uh, are looking the better side. Mendilibar uh, is the kind of manager that knows, you know, how to... Uh, put up a fight when you're trying to avoid relegation. He's been down there before and he knows how to get the job done. And lately, Sevilla have been uh, looking decent. The other day, for example, against Celta de Vigo, they were just so close to, to getting the three points despite being a man and two that two men down in the end uh, of the match. But unfortunately, they couldn't. But still, uh, there has been an improvement for me since uh, San Paoli went off and Mendilibar came on. And I see a bit of more of momentum for Sevilla in La Liga. So, and definitely, of course, the squad is, is deeper, is much better, as you said. Uh, they made a few ro rotations regarding Europa League, so some of the important players like Enesiri will be fresher uh, to, to start, and he's been scoring lately. So for me, uh, Sevilla have better chances, and, and we'll see what happens in the end, because it would be sad to lose any of these two historic clubs, uh, because they've been always one of the, the best clubs uh, we've had here in, in Spain. Yeah, I mean, Valencia, who then face three huge games after this one, they've got Elche away, which you feel like is a good fixture for them on paper, but if they go into that in the relegation zone with confidence low, it could be perhaps a bit tricky. Then they face Valladolid and Cali, who are both down there in that fight as well. So all against teams with plenty to play for, and it could be a very interesting few weeks in the the relegation battle ahead of us. So, Roman, just before we sign off, is there anything else you're going to be looking out for this weekend? I mean, plenty going on. There's a, a few big games down in, in Segunda as well with a the title race is hotting up there as well. I mean, I don't know about you, but I was just taking a look and the Granada Las Palmas, um, who are in second and third, and there are only kind of there's one point separating four teams between second and fifth in Segunda. So that battle is really hotting up as well. I don't know if you've been been keeping an eye on Segunda at all, Romano, or if you have anything else that you're going to be looking out for this weekend. Well, as you as you said, um, in fact, I think it was you who who recently wrote an article about. Uh, looking into those uh, Segunda games instead of a first division here in Spain, because, of course, it's, it's a really exciting battle with uh, five teams up there on top of over, with over 60 points, you know, and, and really fighting. So, I mean, definitely those are some, the ones you mentioned are some uh, good games to keep an eye out for. Unfortunately, I won't be, I won't have the time to see so many games this weekend, but uh, definitely. Well, man, I'd be worried about you if you had enough time to watch all of Primera <laughs> and everything else that you do. <laughs> I, I do what I can. I do what I can. But yeah, definitely also um, I want to see if Villarreal can keep up their form because um, 
they have been looking really good lately and I think they could uh, be putting up a fight there to, to get into that Champions League spot. And also I'll be interested to see what Betis does because they've got two defeats in a row. They've lost Fekir and Canales for a while and I mean, well, Fekir for the rest of the season at least. And I mean, without those two players, uh, it's going to be tough for them. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if they can finally make it to any, any European competition because at the beginning of the season, for me, they were one of the favourites to even try and fight for the Champions League. But in the end, it's been a lot tougher than uh, they would have liked. Yeah, exactly. That's a, a big week ahead for Betis as well. We will leave it there. Then make sure you stay tuned to our Substack where we have plenty of content coming out. One every day. We've also got a Q&A with Ben Hayward, which is going to be running over on Substack as well. So make sure you send us your messages. You can hit us up on Twitter, on Substack in the comments, wherever it might be, wherever your preferred platform of choice is. Um, with any questions that you might have for Ben or for anybody in the La Liga Lowdown squad as well. And we will be looking forward to responding and answering all of those questions um, ahead of what is going to be a very exciting few weeks and months in for Spanish teams in Europe, even if there aren't too many left, and even in La Liga as well. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 